This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know, unbelievable. Unbelievable here. Unbelievable. Travis finds a way to, to leave us for over a week, and then he's going to show up on Saturday with Kirk. Uh, unbelievable, Kirk, the type of pull that you have over there, bro. What's up, brother? Good to be what with you, What is going on? How you been, man? Long what is going time, on? Brother. Long time. How you doing, Mr. Slee? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, I, I, Morales kind of set up a couple things in that open there. Um, help me out here. Are you a are you a golfer? Are you are you somebody that you know on the weekend or even with the kids? Are you finding time to to golf here? He's he's uh, promoting your golf game over there, Kirk. Yeah, I'm about three four days a week, man. Is that three, right? Four three four yeah. days a week. Get, I get out about three four days a week. Um, it Damn, is summertime. The life of a retired good NFL player, <laughs> unbelievable. No, just remember, I go I go go I go golfing at five thirty a.m. So I'm the first tee guy. Mm. So I don't know if you down with that. Uh, you know what? Let, let me let me get in there around noon. Let me get in there around noon. It's too I'll hot. Finish the show and then it's and too then I'll hot. Get Why do you want to go at no, noon? It's too hot. Come on, man. I know you're right about that. You're right about that. Well, you got the show. You'll be got that. Yeah. You know, we start at seven. <laughs> we go until right, eleven. Right. How am I supposed to fill that in? Okay, I, I got a quick question for you, Kirk sure. Morrison, filling in for Travis Rogers. Uh, Travis and Sliwa is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. So we got a lot to get into. We want to get into the Dodgers. I think we got some really interesting Laker topics to get into about who's got to be the leader this upcoming season for the Lake Show. Uh, we're going to get into that in all second. So yesterday, um, you sent a photo with uh, a, a decent quarterback. Just, you know, I would say somebody that could make it in the league as a, as a starter one day. Um, can you explain to me what your what your life is in the offseason? Because are you just going from training camp to training camp? What, what What's happening in your world? Sleep, man. First of all, again, great to be with you. Um, football season is in full swing. You know what I mean? So with football season, uh, training camps opening, um, I've had a chance to go visit five training camps throughout the National Football League. Been to Chargers, okay. uh, visited with the Rams, and talked to mm-hmm. you know Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, Whitworth, and all those guys. And I was over in Denver, which was great, mm-hmm. talking to Vic Fangio. Actually, Denver has an actual quarterback competition. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to always um, to know what's going on in your own hood, right? Basically, mm-hmm. what's going on in your own spot, where you're at. And, and for us, it's, it's Rams and Chargers. Mm-hmm. But to be able to go out and go see what everybody else has going on gives you a little perspective on maybe what you may consider a problem or a challenge is really not that bad, Right. I mean, Matthew Stafford for the Rams is going to be great, I believe. And then I go to Denver, and I'm looking at them and, you know, talking with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, and these guys are in a competition, a QB battle. Like, they go into preseason games competing just to be who the starter. And you look at the Rams, they're competing against nobody. They go to a preseason, totally different outset, totally different mindset, right? And then uh, yesterday I spent time in Green Bay. 
Green Bay, Wisconsin. Just got back late last night. And for all those people who are traveling to the Midwest, I understand you. I feel your pain. Um, yeah, it was a lot yesterday. So if you want to just, we could just start there, Sleeve. So let me just tell you about how my day was. Okay. Okay. By the way, that photo that he put in the group text is just Aaron Rodgers. Not not a big deal. A quarterback that might yeah. might do something in the league one day. Um, <laughs> I think you go check kinda... it out on my Twitter handle at Kirk Morrison. Go check it out. You got okay. A so so th- th- this is my curiosity. Before you get into anything sure. else, what's the travel like? Like, tell me, like, you know, are you are you, how much time are you spending when you're at one of these uh, training yeah. camps? Number one. Number two, when you take your private jet from the John Wayne Airport <laughs> in Orange County, oh, how wow. does that all work? The red carpet comes out. When yeah. you get out there, you say, "Hey, Aaron, I don't really have time to come your way. Why don't you come to where I am?" Just how, how does that whole uh, how does that whole setup work? Well, I just hope that my uh, my A list status for Southwest <laughs> just holds up. That, that's about as much of a jet that you're going to get out of me. It's my Southwest Airlines jet. Nobody believes you, Kirk. No, Nobody believes no, you. No. Um, but you know, honestly, you're spending all day at a training camp, and you're meeting with everyone in the organization. You're meeting with players, team executives. You get a chance to watch practice kind of see how things flow a little bit. Then uh, after, um, you know, meeting with them all day, you get a uh, hop on a plane and you're off to the next city. So sometimes you get in really late at night and you do the thing all over again. So it's a little bit day. of a grind, huh? It is a grind. So I got a little bit of a break here as we approach the Rams and Chargers first preseason game on Saturday. So I'm excited about that. But yesterday was pretty cool because when I got the assignment, Alan, um, to that you're going, hey, you're going to be going to Green Bay August 10th, meet with uh, the Packers August 11th. And I said, first of all, have you ever even, have you landed before in Green Bay at Austin Struble Airport? I cannot say I have. I cannot say <laughs> that that was on the top yeah. of my list for it's vacation destinations. <laughs> it ain't LAX. It ain't Burbank. It ain't Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it ain't John so, Wayne. So, so it ain't, get, it ain't Ontario. This is a different airport, Alan. This is when you land. It's like one shop that's open, right? <laughs> one little restaurant, if that, and everybody's there. It is one of the smallest airports mm. for you know a major city, but not a major city. Before for a smaller city for that has a major franchise, I should say. So you land there. And then you drive literally 10 minutes through mm-hmm. the city. So hopefully I can paint this picture for you and a lot of people. So you're driving through the city. You see all these nice, you know, small homes, you know, one-story homes. And you're just driving through. You got trees and, you know, everything kind of Just looks like a streets. regular neighborhood. Yep. A regular neighborhood. And then you just start to drive up. And all of a sudden you see a little small sign that says Titletown approaching title town you're like okay and this gets me every time alan because not only have i taken this drive as a player on a team bus but i've also taken this drive multiple times you know as an nfl analyst as just a tourist as just a guy who's coming to visit the team and so you're just riding just through the the streets and then all of a sudden you just come to this open patch of open area and boom there's lambo (laughs) <laughs> it hits you. I'm talking about it hits you hard, too. It hits you to a point you're like, wow. I mean, every single time, it doesn't matter how many times mm-hmm. I go to Lambo, I see it and I'm just like, wow. I, you know, I had a similar feeling, too. First time I went to Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. taking the subway, mm-hmm. right? You With a new subway. stadium or the old one? 
uh, the the uh, the old one, but more so the new one because I had that was like the one that really got me because I, I've been to the old one, but I never I didn't go to a game. I saw it. But to actually go to a game at the new one, come out of the subway, you look up, oh, and yeah. like, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's the same thing with Dodger Stadium, too, for people who haven't been there first, right? Dodger Stadium, it just kind of sits there and you're riding up, and then all of a sudden, you first of all, you're kind of in the traffic a little bit, so it doesn't, doesn't just kind of hit you. Of time. you. Yeah, you have you plenty, plenty of time to <laughs> let it soak in. But, but by the way, Kurt, but, but that, that, that's interesting when you say it because, you know, you think of the iconic, iconic yes. stadiums around L.A. Iconic. You know, the Rose Bowl is – incredibly well-known everywhere. Uh, the Coliseum has so much history. Yes. Um, you know, obviously now it, there hasn't even been one game with fans yet played. Everyone knows SoFi Stadium. You can just go down the list. Dodger Stadium, Staples Center. All these are iconic places. But there's something about that small town, small city. You turn a right, and there's a football stadium representing <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. Like, that is that is kind of special. The, the way you describe it like that. Uh, it's unique. It's definitely different. Okay, so so this is what we know. We know that Kirk is traveling the world, making some time today <laughs> and tomorrow to fill in for Trav, and then first preseason yeah. game for the Rams coming up on Saturday. Um, okay, this is how we got to start off the show. I don't know about you, Kirk, but uh, if you listen to Travis and I at all and, and anybody that's talking Dodgers baseball, a lot of the conversation since Cody Bellinger has come back has been about his struggles. Dude's not playing well. There's no, yeah. you know, you, you don't have to sugarcoat it. 48 games, he had five home runs, batted 163. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the more that he's getting these opportunities. You know, there, was a, there was an interesting quote from Dave Roberts. This was a couple weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago or something like that. And Roberts kind of just indicated, look, um, yeah, I got to play whoever's going to help us win. They're four games behind the San Francisco Giants, so there is no let me feel things out. Let me give this guy an opportunity to get a better feel or any of that stuff. When you're chasing the Giants, and if you don't win the division, you end up in a one-game playoff that could uh, you know, potentially determine your season, you got to make sure guys that are, are delivering like A.J. Pollock and Chris Taylor go down the list of all these different players that are coming through for the Dodgers, and Bellinger was not one of those guys now, all of a sudden, things have changed over these last seven or eight games. Um, in August so far, he has four home runs. He had two yesterday. He's batting three twenty. Uh, he had a, he had an at-bat yesterday, 13 pitch at-bat in the fourth inning. All right? Resulted in a two-run homer. He fouled off seven straight pitches, two-strike pitches, which shows you that he's not swinging carelessly or anything along those lines. Things are kind of sort of starting to turn for Cody Bellinger, and I'll be the first one to point out, and I mentioned um, I mentioned Kirk Travis and I talked a lot about on the show, hey, if you're not delivering, you can't play. Now all of a sudden you see Cody Bellinger delivering a little bit. Yeah, I think also, too, it's, it's about timing. And, Alan, sometimes timing may not be there in the beginning. It may not be there in the middle. But sometimes as you get toward the end, it finally clicks. Right. And then sometimes you put a lot of pressure on yourself, too. I think we're not talking enough about that. How much pressure has been on Cody Bellinger, though, this season? Trying to live up to the expectations, too, that has been put upon him by his prior success. Right. 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 That's a good point. By nobody else, but by his success. By his success. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we see it every year. <laughs> uh, I think with LeBron, for people here in L.A., right? It, LeBron is the same thing. Like, we expect a certain amount of greatness every single night and when we don't achieve it what's wrong with them mm -hmm. you've done it before mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Why are you playing like this? Why aren't you hitting the baseball? Why aren't you hitting the home runs? Why aren't you doing? And sometimes you try to live up to those expectations every single night. And then when it doesn't happen one night, now it's in, now it's in your head. And now you're in a slump. Now it goes from one game to two games to a month, two months, three months. And everybody's just looking for that opportunity to just relax and it just clicks. Right. I, I mean, for me, I felt like it's a, a guy who's shooting, who's having a poor shooting night. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he just wants to hit that one free throw. It's get that to, one free throw. Get that to just, the free throw line. Get just that me, one yes. layup. Get some kind of confidence. Something yep. easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that well, last night was easy for Cody Bellinger, but you know what? It, it does feel good too to be on the road. It's one thing because when you're at home, you're a little more relaxed, but it is a little more pressure because people are expecting you. the crowd is. Sure, is, is you, you hear rain. you hear the the uh, you know sometimes when things don't go your way, it's like yeah. ah, you know you hear all those little details when when you're playing in front of Dodger Stadium. But you know, last night I uh, on the plane back to L.A. Mm-hmm. I watched the uh, documentary, The Malice in the Palace. Yep. For people who have not watched it, unbelievable. Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, it was great. But I thought last night when I was watching it on the plane, Alan, he said something about being on the road and the amount of peace that it has for a player because you are in a space of it's us against the world. It's our team versus the entire world. We're on the road. It's just us. And so maybe the focus – for Cody was just, let me just go up there and do my job. I don't have to worry about all the fans and all the people expecting me to do something. I'm on the road where the people who are here expect, expect me to, to, to fail. They want me to fail. They're cheering for me to fail. And so now there's a different focus that you have because last night, tell me he didn't look like the person of the, the Cody Bellinger of old that we saw in, in prior years. That's what I think maybe being on the road was. You said something too, you know. You're talking about you giving the analogy of getting to the free throw line. I think for Bellinger too, a, a lot of this probably there is a mental side of things, right? There's a the mental side of man, I, I can't hit anything. I'm swinging at bad pitches. I'm I'm hurting our team. But th- this is the one thing that I, I kind of I, I look at with Bellinger. Dodgers are in a very interesting predicament. There are not too many times you can have an MVP caliber player who's won MVP before have this bad of a season, but you're still winning games, that other guys are stepping up. So I I bring this up because I I don't know if the question is Bellinger has less pressure on him because there are so many other guys delivering, or Bellinger understands, hey, if I don't start turning this thing around, I might be sitting next to Dave Roberts. You know, I, I might not have opportunities in a month or so or three weeks or so. Let's do this when we come back. Part of the piece here, and I want to play this clip from Dave, Dave Roberts when we come back, was uh, on Mookie Betts, who's back on the injured list and um, at least 10 days, still has that inflamed hip. How much of those opportunities taking Mookie Betts' spot, you could technically say, is Cody Ballinger ready ready for? So let's do that when we come back. Um, plus, uh, I mean, we, we got to, I, I think, just make sure that we continue to reiterate this. Giants aren't losing many games here. So yeah. the Dodgers have zero margin for error right now. I know there's still 48 games left, but Giants still have a four-game lead in the NOS, so we'll do that coming up next. Alan Sliwa, Kirk Morrison, Travis and Sliwa Show right here on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Kirk, I want to play this clip from Dave Roberts because one of the things I'm trying to figure out with Cody Bellinger is it the pressure of if I don't turn things around, I might be sitting right next to Dave Roberts, or is it just him finally getting into a groove, taking advantage of the opportunity, especially with Mookie out? Take a listen to Dave Roberts. I mean, it's huge for everyone. Um, Obviously, this is the guy that won the MVP. So uh, to... Uh, count on him is not too far-fetched and um, no one expects more from themselves as he does but obviously when you're looking at Mookie being down and and guys picking each other up yeah he's part of that equation and it's not just him it's everyone kind of doing their part so um, up to this point he's been very good defensively and um, he's in there and posting and not running from it which uh, I know I respect the guys in the clubhouse respect when things aren't going well uh, offensively but now we're starting to see it turn. So um, I, I just think it just makes our lineup even longer clearly and um, just makes us more potent. All right, that's a straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. That was Dave Roberts. So, Kirk, here's a question I have. With Bellinger, I'm, I'm trying to figure this part out because one of the things that he's been – one of the storylines for the Dodgers this year is they just can't get healthy. seems like every right. time – I made this comparison with Travis that, Trav, doesn't this kind of look a little bit like the Lakers every yeah. <laughs> time they start you know, getting right. healthy and then something happens? That's been the case with the Dodgers. And I think for Cody Bellinger, in a weird way, this is what's kept him in the lineup. When he was batting 160-something over 48 games, you couldn't really make that much of a argument saying, well, he should be in for A.J. Pollock. He should be in for Chris Taylor. He should be yeah. in for, you know, go down the list, uh, Justin Turner, Max Mon- No, he shouldn't be in because those other players are producing more. But because of the injuries, he has found slots for himself that it's – He's been given more time. Plus, it's Cody Bellinger. You know, obviously, this isn't a guy that's just coming out of nowhere. But he's getting more opportunities. And I'm using this as an example because we know Mookie's back on, you know, the injured list. Right. So here he is now with another chance, another opportunity. And for the first time this season, all of a sudden, he's becoming a threat with the bat. Four home runs in the the last four games. We haven't felt that this entire season. Yeah, and I think also, too, what you're – kind of feeling is i believe is a guy who's finally turning the page too i mean a lot of it, i think this a lot of his mental alan like be real like it, do you think it's not mental for him that everything kind of came so easy to him first couple years you know join get into the major leagues and then the last couple years have been a little bit different right it's been a little tough for him also teams are kind of figuring him out he needs these opportunities, especially against a team that they don't play a lot, which is the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm-hmm. I think the National League, in yeah. the West, they know him. Let's be real, right? In the West, they know Bellinger. That's a good been point. Around the block yeah, that's a good for point. A long time. Like, mm-hmm. let's be real. Like, they know how to pitch him. They know where to stay away from. They they know you. It's, you know, for me, it's the, you know, division games within the NFL, right? Everyone knows the teams in their own division. Like, you know what their strengths, expecting. weaknesses. Yeah, sure, you know all of that. Mm-hmm. But I think when you do go on the road, 
and you start to find your spot, right? You start to find different ways to say, you know what? They, they don't necessarily know me, so I don't have to worry too much about a scouting report. I can go out and just play baseball. Like, just go out and play baseball, not worrying about the metrics of the game, the analytics of the game. Could that be part of it? Um, it could be. But at the same time, I feel like right now he's playing probably his best baseball because he's at a good place right now where mm-hmm. the team isn't necessarily depending on him. But the weight of the Dodgers is not on Cody Bellinger's shoulders right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so there's a shared, shared belief, I believe, I believe of everybody just got to do their own job. You know what I mean? So, you, don't have to, you don't want too much on each on each person to feel like we I have to carry the burden. Well, and, and there's certain franchises they don't have that luxury. Right. right? There's certain oh, franchises, yeah. no, this player's gotta deliver. There are many, you know, there there are many pitchers around major league baseball where there's a lot on their shoulders. I'm gonna use the Dodgers pitching staff as an example, right? Okay. Walker Bueller, okay, the guy's lights out, but right. And I'm going to just go down the list. Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, lights out as well. Mm-hmm. Julio Diaz is a fantastic pitcher, but it's not on his shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. Like Julio Diaz can be an ace on a lot of other teams. He's the fourth best pitcher on, on the on the Dodgers. I'm saying that because you just assume Kershaw's healthy, Kershaw's right? Right, you, and and that's insane. Like you know, even Kershaw when he does come back and he can't come back any earlier than September 5th, that's another that that's a, such an excellent point you make about Bellinger because. There is a the the pressure is um, it's spread out organization. A lot of other teams do not have that luxury. I mean, one more example on this: David Price yesterday. We never talk about David Price. Never. Okay, <laughs> David Price had a, another good outing yesterday. Okay, did he only go four innings? That's okay. This is you know this is this is. This is a pitcher that's your fifth pitcher. By the way, was in the bullpen for most of the season. Now he's coming in to be a starter. So that's the the um, the distribution amongst the team is an incredible luxury for the Dodgers, and I think Bellinger can benefit off of that because Bellinger was getting heat, but not the kind of heat of well, well. No, let, let me correct myself here because he was getting heat, and so has yeah. Kenley Jansen. <laughs> and, and there's heat that if you don't come through, then you probably are not going to get opportunities or as many opportunities. But the Dodgers are still winning games. They've won four in a row. They took, remember, before this series started against the Phillies, Phillies had won eight games in a row. They were the hottest team in baseball. Dodgers walk into Philadelphia and it's like, settle down, young pups. You know, this is, we're the Dodgers. And even though the Dodgers are still four games back with the Giants, and you got to give the Giants a ton of credit, they're still winning games even with kind of this up and down from some of these guys' lineup and some of the guys just being injured. Yeah, and I think also too is you're developing the you're developing a confidence for guys who you can trust when it comes down to playoff time. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Like David Price is proving to you that he's not afraid of big moments. Put him out there and you can get quality innings. Right? You got a guy with experience. That's what I saw yesterday. A guy who goes out there on the mound and says, However you need me. If you need me five, you need me six, I can give you that. I'm not gonna give you a complete game. But I can give you four innings, five innings of good pitching of a guy who controlled the game yesterday. And you just saw from the pace of the game, the way he threw the ball. I mean, he looked like David Price of old at times. And I think that's the part that for the entire team is that, again, I don't have to worry about doing everything. I don't have to worry about hitting three home runs tonight. I don't have to worry about doing this, doing that. I just got to worry about just doing my job, just getting on base, moving guys from from – uh, in position to do things like David Price to me yesterday was just, was a good sign for the Dodgers that 
he needs to be on our right. He is going to be a reliever, but he also gives you the flexibility that you have a starter within your relief pitching. A lot of people don't have that. Again, you mentioned it again, Al. People don't have that, and that's a luxury for the Dodgers. Okay, so I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Um, this happens in sports every once in a while, where let's just say a player or an athlete gets very excited a little bit too early. <laughs> I don't know if you know what I'm referring to here. Um Herrera for the Philadelphia Phillies. I think this was in the maybe the fourth or fifth inning. It's a three-two game. There's a runner on, yeah. and uh, decided to you know swing at one and drive it to center field. And before knowing where you know if the ball is out or or, or it's not, if you just watched him, you're like, okay, that's a two-run homer. Phillies just took a four-three lead. Does the bat flip? Kind of slows his walk to first, and then Bellinger just catches it at the uh, at the warning track. Uh, Kirk, all your years in the NFL, can you give me some examples of this? Because that, that's not exactly a very fond highlight for a player that thought he just hit a two-run homer and it was actually just an out and the inning was over. <laughs> uh, I think the closest thing to that in the NFL, because we talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit earlier, and I was I had to do some double thinking on this one, because I think it felt like it, it's like a field goal kicker, you know uh-huh. what I mean, who lines up for that 40-yard field goal. And Don't tell me he starts high fiving people. Oh man, he kicks it up in the air and he raises his hands. Right, you know what I mean. You're like, oh, I got it. And then all of a sudden, that thing hooks far left or far right, oh. and you're like, oh my god. I mean, th- that bat flip yesterday was. And you know what? I I, I understand it. There are sometimes, Alan, whether I'm playing golf, I used to take a lot of batting practice too. Most recently, mm-hmm. I, I did batting practice with uh, Fresno, the Fresno State baseball team. And I can still hit it out the park, by the way. So people who don't know, I can still hit a baseball out of the ballpark. You just got to throw Kirk a curveball. I'm telling you, <laughs> I've seen the scouting report. Get a curveball in there, and he's swinging. <laughs> but I can still hit it out of the ballpark. But it, there is a feeling. Like, you know when you hit the sweet spot. Like, it's just a feeling like, pow, I hit that. It, it has to be gone. And you mm-hmm. know, sometimes it, it is a feel. It's not even not even a sound sometimes. It's a feel. Yesterday, Herrera, he got a, it, it was a great feeling. He felt it. The only thing was that uh, <laughs> he only about had one track too power. short. Yeah, like you forget how okay, what's far worse? center field is. <laughs> Kirk, what's worse than this? First of all, it's the most cocky play in basketball, and Steph Curry does it. LBJ did it this last season, okay? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the most confident play in basketball is I'm going to take a 22-footer right in front of your face. I'm going to turn around, look at my team's bench, or I'm going to go look into the crowd and start cheering. Yeah. Do you know how – that is either such an unbelievable play or such an embarrassing moment. And I think that I think of Herrera yesterday because we've seen Nick Young do it. Remember, that's like one of the most popular uh, memes that's out there is right. Nick Young taking the three, missing. I think Gilbert Arenas did it one time as well back in the days. Uh-huh. Man, is it a risk when you think you did something and you actually didn't get it done. And, and when you do do it, because a guy like Steph Curry or a guy like LeBron James, it looks like the baddest play in sports. It is. Um, you know, I think Remember Deshaun also, Jackson. Was it was it Deshaun who dropped the ball at the one? Yeah, it was Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. He drops the ball at the one yard. <laughs> Can't line. do that, bro. Can't I do believe, it. Get in the yeah, end zone. When he's with the Eagles. <laughs> what about this one though, too? Because I think tell me is this is this um sort of on the same lines? Because I remember mm-hmm. Trey Young, remember during the playoffs, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Remember he faked, I believe it was Drew Holiday out, and he's wide open on the three point line. And he does the little shimmy shake. Little shimmy. Before. Little shimmy, yeah, little shimmy. He does yeah. the shimmy before he shoots. Now, he has to make the shot, though. Like, if you miss the shot, you look oh. like a bozo. 
right? How but about when guys? How about how about when guys highlight. get crossover, crossover, and they fall to the ground, and then they stop, they stare at the guy, they shoot, and then they miss it. It's like, uh, <laughs> bro, that didn't work out. You got to hit your jumper. Got to <laughs> hit your jumper. All right, let's just say all my life playing basketball, I've never shimmied and took a three. Let's just let's Kirk, let's <laughs> let's get that part uh get get that part out. So. Very interesting going on uh, later today. White Sox and the Yankees are playing in this iconic stadium later tonight. And I want to throw this out there. If you're a Laker fan or you're a Dodger fan, uh, they're playing in the Field of Dreams uh, field. If you can play, if you want to see the Los Angeles, like if you want the NBA to take a piece of what they're doing for the Yankees and the White Sox, and you could play in any iconic basketball court, or you want the Dodgers to go play somewhere, you want the Rams to go play somewhere, where would it be? We're going to talk about that coming up next, plus Bunch of Funch coming up at 940. Stay right here, Alan Sleeman with Kirk Morrison on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, the Travis and Sliwa Show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Dodgers, early game today, um, 10.05. So coming up in the next half hour or so, uh, this will be the final game against the Philadelphia Phillies. They took the first two uh, for the Dodgers. Mitch White on the mound. That actually sets them up. Urias, Bueller, and Scherzer in that three-game set against the Mets Friday through Sunday. Um, so one of the big stories for today is this Field of Dreams game between the uh, Yankees and the White Sox. So, Kirk, I don't know if you got a chance to see the field yet. Um, I know Clinton Yates is out there right now. So pretty cool, you know, storyline behind this. Obviously, I I think I mentioned this yesterday. It's under 8,000 seats that they have for this game coming up. It's one of the most expensive tickets in the history of baseball for a regular season game. You only have 8,000 seats, and it's such a – kind of iconic game so I'm, I'm thinking here and I saw this I don't know if this the timing of this or whatever the case is but there's an article on the front of ESPN.com today and it's about Kobe at Rucker Park and I, I don't know if you've you know gone back watched over the days um, let, let me actually read the actual uh, title of the story here the magical day Kobe Bryant became Lord of the Rings at Rucker Park this is Erica Goodman Huey and Anthony Ola, Oliveri so I, I say this because as this game is going to go on later today, what a unique way to watch a professional game. Instantly I think of, can they do this in the NBA? Like can, can, you, can you get a Lakers-Knicks game at Rucker Park? Like is that possible? <laughs> can they do something like that? Just because it's such an iconic, iconic place. Or how about this? How about a Lakers-Knicks uh, game? It doesn't have to be the Knicks, but uh, only that one for, for Rucker Park or for the Knicks. Um, how about at Venice Beach? You know, those courts. Those are yeah. iconic courts. I remember this, Kirk. You know, you and I both went to San Diego State University, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and there was a game San Diego State had. It was one of those, uh, you know, early on in the season they do these tournaments. Mm-hmm. And it was San Diego State versus Syracuse. Syracuse was top 10 in the country, something along those lines. San Diego State's had some good basketball over the years. 
And they did it on um, they did it on the uh, USS Midway yeah. in San Diego. So there you are, you know, off the harbor in San Diego, and you're playing a basketball game on the USS Midway. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I went there. I was excited to be there. <laughs> and then the game started. You know what happened, Kirk? I think it started. Did it start to rain? Or it didn't rain. It, it didn't rain. Fog? But do me a favor. Go walk over to any coastal part in Southern California oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. tell me how fast the wind is blowing in, okay? <laughs> so you have like 20-mile, 30-mile-per-hour winds, 15-mile-per-hour winds, whatever the case is, and then go try to shoot an 18-foot jump shot on the USS Carrier. <laughs> Let's just say it wasn't the best idea. The concept was great, but it wasn't the best idea. I look at what they're doing there with the Yankees and the White Sox, and if I can envision the NBA trying to take a blueprint and saying, where could we go, iconic places, doesn't have to be Rucker Park or, or Venice Beach Courts. I don't know if you could really think of anything else from a basketball perspective more iconic than those. No, I think as iconic places like you mentioned, those two, uh, you know, Rucker Park, definitely one of those that are up there. For, I mean, especially for guys who, who grew up wanting to find where was the best game at, mm-hmm. right? Like players – you want to find where the best players are at. So for me, who was not a basketball guy growing up, like playing basketball a lot, I knew that if I wanted to know where my game was at, I got to find my way to the Rucker Park. I'm a California kid, and I knew that. Like, That's where you go showcase your game. That's where you develop a nickname, right? I remember the there's some like nicknames. I remember, remember Skip to my Lou, Ray for Austin. Of course, like, of course. He got his nickname at the mm-hmm. Rucker. Like, guys, you go there and you get a nickname because now it, it almost validates your skill. Hmm. So, to me, I don't know if the NBA could ever do that in terms of, like, put on a full-out game like that. But I do think playing an NBA game at different venues, like, remember when the All-Star game was at Cowboy Stadium? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And how many people watched and how many people were there I mean, I feel like the NBA can do something like that. I know the NHL has their little outdoor series where they play games in baseball parks or football parks. I know they uh, they played a game at the University of Michigan. I think I've seen college football play um, games in the middle of a uh, of a uh, of a motor speedway. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always trying to figure out when it comes to like baseball, you can do that. You can have a small venue like they're playing at in the Field of Dreams all the way in Iowa. But when it comes to, like, basketball and I think football, I think the elements sometimes may be against you, especially in basketball on the hard court. There's too many variables that can change the outcome of a, of a game. Yeah, I, I think about this, and I, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking of and, – and like I mentioned, there's a great article actually on, on Kobe's game at Rucker Park. Mm-hmm. Um how about how about for football? If you can do it somewhere, like is there a is there a stage for football that you could set up that you would say, all right, can we take a blueprint of what they're doing here and have the Rams play at this facility against this team? Mm, that's tough, man. It really is. I think the closest equivalent that we would have to that yep. is the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? And I remember when the Super Bowl was at the Rose Bowl because that was like a venue that no one played in mm-hmm. as far as the NFL. Everyone had their home stadiums that they played in. But I remember, like, the Cowboy, remember Cowboys Bills was at the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. and how beautiful it was seeing the San Gabriel Mountains at that sunsets, right, when you watch the actual Rose Bowl game every single year. And so I think that's the part where the NFL would have a tough time trying to find a play. I mean, you can play a game somewhere, but to have an iconic part, like for me, like I said, I still get goosebumps, like being at Lambeau Field. 
Like I still get goosebumps being at Lambeau and watching that. So could that be something? But we know you can't play games in Lambeau after what October because it'll just be too cold. It'll be too cold. It'll be snowing, bad conditions. Because if you play these games, you want it to be perfect. You want immaculate on the field, on the court, whatever it may be. All right, um, we got a couple things coming up here. Bunch of Funch is uh, coming up next. Kirk, I don't know if you've done Bunch of Funch, but no, when you give Michael Funch's the microphone, you just get out of the way, and <laughs> yeah. Funch will take control of everything. Okay, that's number one. And then coming up at 9.55, we got to talk some Lakers basketball. Kirk, we were doing this in the prep meeting. We spent a little time talking about Anthony Davis, and uh, is AD going to be the most important player this upcoming season? You told me to hold up. You said, hey, Al, wait a second here. Uh, have you not looked at his resume in the past? So that's coming up at 9.55, but a bunch of funch coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, Kirk Morrison filling in for Travis Rogers on 710 ESPN. What could, What if you could put the same type of rigor that the pro leagues use for players into your hiring process? Well, you can when you use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively presents them to you. And You can invite your top choices to apply for your job. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Uh, Don't forget, coming up at 9.55, Kirk Morrison and I are going to talk Lakers basketball. But now we hand the floor to Michael Funches. What's going on, Funch? Yo, uh, Variety is reporting that Showtime will make a documentary on one of the greatest voices of all time, this guy, Rick James. (laughs) It will feature interviews from... Ice Cube, Bootsy Collins, and I'm sure it'll be a real good one because, you know, watching all those old Chappelle skits or whatever, we want to we really want to know what happened to Rick James's life. Um, another biopic I would want to see is um, Marvin Gaye because I know his, some stuff went down in his life. Um, just reading his biographies and stuff like that, um, this would make a really, really good biopic, in my opinion. I want to write it, you know. So any script writers out there, holler at me. We'll get together. <laughs> we'll write this Marvin Gaye thing together. So um, there's also an Aretha Franklin uh, biopic mm-hmm. coming out. I don't know if you saw the previews of this already. Um, has Jennifer Hudson playing Aretha Franklin. Looks looks good. I, I want to go see it or whatever. Um, with that in mind, guys, uh, what singer, musician, group, biopic would you like to see made that we haven't seen yet? I'll start with you, Alan Sliwa. You know, I think we might already have some of these, but uh, – I find Bob Marley's story so fascinating. And, mm, you know, obviously so. his, love life, that. his life, the impact that he was having and, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, unfortunate circumstances. But I, I think Bob Marley for me, plus I'm a big reggae fan, so I, I think there's a lot of that that obviously comes into it as well. I'm trying to think if there's a hip-hop artist that I'd want to see as well. 
Um, I know I could do the obvious ones, the Jay-Z's. things. Nas is an interesting one just because I'm a big fan of Nas as well. Kirk, I, I'm probably going with one of those two, but probably more on the Bob Marley front. Perfect. I'm going to go with Prince. I mean, and it's, that's a good one too. How difficult would it be to cast Prince, though? Like, who who would be the perfect person to play Prince in a biopic? Man, you got to get like a short, light skinned dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that'll be good, man. Like, honestly, I uh, because I've seen him in concert once before at the forum. Hmm. But just to think about what his influence was on music on. I mean, the guy was remember was a symbol. Remember, he retired and then it, the, he was dead. But it was just more just a symbol. Emily, you got one. Yeah, I was thinking of Fleetwood Mac during the rumors periods because there's so much going on. There's so much scandal. I feel like that would be such a interesting view of a biopic. That's something I would watch too. And you know, that's yeah. the that's the thing with biopics now. They don't do they don't cover everyone's whole life now. They just cover a period of their life, which would be a right. good movie. All right, what else you got there, Funches? All right, I uh, wanted to save this uh, for today since Mr. Morrison was in. So I don't know if you mm-hmm. know about last week's epic versus battle at MSG between the mm-hmm. locks and the dip set. It was amazing. I mean, I watched it on replay. Let me say 2004 is back. Real hip-hop is back after watching that one. I loved it. Gave me a warm feeling inside, you know, like, you know, that hip-hop feeling when you're in your early Jadakiss 20s. Jadakiss dominated, by the way. Yes, the MVP dominated. of that. MVP, MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, what we, what was kind of a turnoff to me was it was a real, real New York thing. You know, East Coast hip-hop. You know, I love it, you know, probably more than others, but I also feel like something's missing from the verses. Now, we've seen the South version of the verses with Nelly versus Ludacris. Lots of East Coast hip-hop ones with Raekwon versus Ghost, Redman versus uh, Meth. Uh, we also saw Bay Area one with um, Too Short versus E-40. E-40. Yeah, and uh, you know, one dedicated to all the unks and aunties out there with Gladys Knight versus Patti LaBelle, Earth, Wind, and Fire versus Isley Brothers, but we have not seen a definitive. Like we got one area missing here. Yes, we have not seen a definitive list. LA versus like a versus just for the LA area, like you know, Snoop Dogg versus Ice Cube or something like that. But we did see a Snoop Dogg, but he was battling a late great DMX. DMX. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So if we can get a real LA versus, guys, who would the two artists be? I'm gonna start with you, Mr. Morrison. Okay, I'll go group first. So if we can do a group, how about West Side Connection versus the Dog Pound? Woo, man! <laughs> now you're talking. Now that's 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 you got LA right excited there. over there, Funches man. You did. You did. Oh, it's almost like you mentioned Kanye. They're both the opposite oh, ends of excitement. Kanye. Oh, Kirk, no. let me tell you something. Um, if Funches had the opportunity, he just doesn't have any days left off for vacation. He would have been at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the past two weeks. I'm just telling oh, you, that's on, how much Donda, he's into huh? it. Waiting yep, in a live stream with Kanye, sleeping next to him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I'm stick how- with that though. Yeah, Westside Connection and Dog Pound. I think it, it it's. It kind of brings us like the West Coast and that era of of when the West was really on top. And I think I mean I think the West is always still going to be on top, but that was an era where it was West versus East, no matter what. Okay, can I throw a couple out here? Because I think there's some names that I, I think would make. And can I say this, this uh, too, Alan? We could never do this with Travis here. So good <laughs> oh, no, he's on tra- vacation this week. Let me tell you something, <laughs> Travis. The moment he leaves the station, he gets in his car, windows drop down, and he's listening to old albums. Uh, if he doesn't have Corrupt On in his car, then I, I don't know. <laughs> he's listening to dog food. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple artists here, okay? 
Yeah. Uh, corrupt, obviously, is yeah. one of them. I think that'd be an interesting one. DJ Quick, I think, would be a good Ooh, one as well. Oh, man, Alan, okay. I like you better now for saying that. Ooh, DJ, DJ Quick, Quick, I think, would be a good one. For sure. Um, <laughs> listen, the, the Snoop part of it, the Dr. Dre part, I know those are the obvious, obvious names. I, I don't know. Would Dr. Dre be good in that type of... Dr. Dre would smoke everyone in there with would, all of his beats yeah, and everything. He would beat everybody. But I'm saying, like, that environment where it's just Mike, Mike, you know, I, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking it here. I know Dr. Dre behind a studio. That's, that's a, it's the greatest or one of the greatest of all time. But just Mike to Mike going back and forth, is that his, is that his platform? Yeah, is that I think. That's atmosphere? I mean, it could be a Ice Cube versus Dr. Dre would be, I think, one of the more epic of all time versus battles. Mm-hmm. Because there are two guys from, obviously, the original NWA mm-hmm. that would bring kind of what started, I think, West Coast hip-hop, West Coast rap. Okay, there's one other guy that I'm thinking of only because if you've ever been down to the Drew League, we were talking about famous places, playing all that stuff. Every time I've been there, I feel like the game has a game. Okay. Like oh yeah, that's right. That's right. He's always he's <laughs> yeah. always in a game, so I'll throw him in there as well. Hmm. That's All right. An interesting. One. Uh, I didn't really want to do one of these this week, but since Morrison is here, I'm gonna get it in with you guys. Okay. Another cameo game. And uh, cameo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. explain this to explain Morrison. It. Yeah, explain to Kirk. All right. Um, you know cameo, Kirk. You yeah. know cameo mm-hmm. guys. You know wish Are you birthday. on cameo, Kirk? Uh, I'm not on Cameo, but I know Cameo. I've, I've seen guys like, hold on one second, I'll be right back. I gotta go do a Cameo. I'm like, do, do a Cameo? <laughs> what do you mean? How long do they take? Like five listen, minutes or something? Listen, Kirk is trying to play this all uh, sly and everything else. Kirk's 35K, all right? You want a minute <laughs> with Kirk Morrison, a birthday shout-out? You gotta put in 35K. No, okay, I'm telling you, I was at the U.S. Open with one of my good buddies, right? Uh-huh. And he's kind of a little celebrity. He's an internet celebrity. And I'm just hanging out. And he says, hey, I'll be right back. I got to do this quick cameo. He runs to the bathroom, literally gives this guy uh, his wife paid for him to sh- for my buddy to, sh- you know, shout him out. Sure. And say happy birthday. Son, right. Happy in the birthday. bathroom, the air dryer yeah. is going off. All right. There's paper towels in the background. It's a beautiful scene. They literally and he showed me that they played it at his birthday and the dude like lost it. So like I was like, oh, that's what cameo is. I got it now. And then the bank account just went up a little bit. Oh, you know, a little, a little bit. 45 just a second, 30 second. Let's get a couple dollars in there. Okay, go ahead, Fonchis. So we're, I'm going to give you three players or three players or figures or whatever. And I'm gonna, you're going to guess what the price would be on their cameo, like for them to do a message or whatever, birthday mm-hmm. message okay. or whatever. So in honor of the Rams playing their first uh, preseason game on Saturday, we're going to do an all-Rams edition of the cameo mm-hmm. game. And let's start uh, Super Bowl champ, one of the last original L.A. Rams before they moved to St. Louis, Mr. Isaac Bruce. Ooh. Isaac Bruce start with you, Alan. cameo. All right, I'll go, uh, what did we say? Pow was at 300. I'm going to go, I'll go 250. Kurt? Yeah, I'm going to go, two, uh, I'll go 300, only because he just went to the Hall of Fame. Emily? Uh, I'm going to say 175. Emily with the win, 175. She, it, wow. Isaac on Bruce charges 200 bucks. You guys win 200 bucks. Look at Emily. Emily's big on raising the roof in the background, too. I don't know if you <laughs> notice on Zoom. Very quietly. Very quietly. All right, um, we'll, do, we'll do a coach. We'll do a former defensive coordinator. He's been a head coach in the league before. One of the best followers on Twitter, Coach Wade Phillips. We'll, we'll go with you, Morrison. I think Wade Phillips probably get about a hundred bucks. 
I'm gonna start right at 100 for Wade Phillips. I'll go 75. Oh, you're I jumping the gun. gun. Yeah, I know. I jumped the gun. Uh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> 50. I'm just, I'm just gonna lowball you guys. All right, Mr. Morrison gets the point. He $100 on the money. <laughs> on the dot. You should get two points yeah, for that. If you get it right. on the dot like that. There okay, go, I think we got Wade. time for one more. One more, one more, one more. One more, there, one more, one more. Yep. One more. Last one, we will go with a current Ram on the team. Mm-hmm. Had some success late in the year, but then it got hurt, and this dude is a split image of Ed Shearing. Backup quarterback, John Wolford. <laughs> so we start with you, Emily. At $25. <laughs> Damn. So Damn, no respect world. at all, huh? Rough world we got here. I would not. If you showed me a picture of Wolford, I would not know who he was in a crowd. So right. I'm going $25. Alan. Uh, I'm going to go, after I said all that, I'll go $30. <laughs> Morrison. I'm going 125 for the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, all right, well, looks like uh, it's going to be a three-way tie between all three of you guys. <laughs> Sliwa gets the point. It's a soccer. Uh, We're playing soccer. He only charges forty nine dollars for forty nine. I love. I'm cameo. such a big fan of the forty nines and the ninety nines, and like <laughs> it's such a mental thing for people. All right, we got to go to break here. When we come back, um, Kirk, this is uh, this is gonna be a great discussion. There was Zach Lowe had uh, um, a tweet out there about most executives still think LeBron in a one one game situation is the man, but more importantly for the Lakers, can Anthony Davis be? the most critical piece to the Lakers this upcoming season. Do you have faith that AD can actually lead the Lakers to a championship? Can he be the best player on a team? That's coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa on 710 ESPN.